Welcome to this edition of When the Biomass Hits the Wind Turbine, a discussion of sustainable living and just what does that mean to you and me. I'm Jay Warmke. And I'm Annie Warmke with lots of cough drops today. Yes, and she is sucking down those throat lozenges. And today we're going to talk about opting out or I don't want to play that game no more. There's, there's got to be some tune that, uh, anyway. All right. So, well, thank goodness for not singing. I know we're not gonna. Anyway, so, so when we talk about opting out, and and this was something that we were discussing, uh, getting ready for this program, and and the first thing that came to my mind was was the Luddites. You know, the Luddites. Um, yeah, but wait, I just want to say that I. I I just had told you this, that I realized after we had this discussion for the program that I have been trying to opt out since I was a wee girl. Mm-hmm. So I would go. A wee lassie. Yes, I was a wee lassie. And my grandma gave me these sheets. And so I would cover over the swing set with the clothespins, clip, clipping them together. Or I would be under the picnic table or hide in the woods or up in the apple tree. Any place where I felt like I could be that people weren't looking at me, watching me. Uh, and I realized I've carried that with me all my life. And um, and so I guess I've been opting out quite a long time. No, okay, but not as long as the Luddites. I'm going to go back to the Luddites I here. know, but I'm no Luddite. No, I, and sometimes I've referred to myself, myself, myself as a Luddite, <laughs> both of me. Um, and, All of you, whoa. <laughs> and, and if you're not familiar with what the term the Luddites are, back during the beginning of the Industrial Revolution, uh, there was a group of people in England that um, – Really were – it's grown in mythology, but they were the anti-technology folks, the anti-industrialization people and apparently went around smashing up um, looms and steam engines and things like that. And, and like most of these terms and like most of these um, historical facts – they're not facts at all, and they're mostly The guy didn't fiction. even exist, yeah, yeah, Ned Ludd. Named, named after Ned Ludd, and Ned Ludd didn't exist. And, and the Luddites did not uh, argue against technology. They were arguing against the um, loss of jobs, basically, and, and the mechanization and the impersonalization of the workforce. So I think most of us at some point in our working career – our our Luddites, I mean, you know, uh, railing against the impersonal nature of our of our work. But when we talk about opting out, and and for this, as it's a show on sustainability, we're really talking more about um, opting out of a lot of the messages that society gives us, a lot of the things that we're supposed to be aspiring to. And as we we're discussing this, it occurred to me that most of what we're opting out against. Is it comes about because these things end up being really, really bad. Well, you know? they're done poorly. That we're yeah. we're really in a lot of ways protesting the not just lack of quality, but the misuse of materials and the abuse of materials. Yeah, as an example of what I'm trying to get across when I say it's done very badly, um, for many, many years we subscribed to our local newspaper. And and the newspaper was losing circulation, and as they lost circulation, they stopped hiring reporters and stopped they actually doing. They lost me doing, as one of their columnists. Yeah, well, that was the <laughs> that was the the death blow. But anyway, the paper got worse and worse and worse, and it got smaller and more expensive. And finally, we're like, you know what? We're not going to take it anymore. Yet 
the reporting was people are no longer reading newspapers. And I was thinking we would read the newspaper if it was good, but it's not <laughs> we don't want to pay for good. Trash. It's just crap. And, and it seemed like people aren't watching television anymore. Well, guess what? It's really bad. You know, people aren't watching it well, because it's terrible. Well, there's more to it than that because with newspapers and publications and with television and movies is that people have learned to want something instantaneously. Newspapers cannot produce that. I mean, when I was growing up, the city that I grew up in uh, had two papers, one in the morning and one in the evening. And it came, you know, came like clockwork and everybody raced to see what the newspaper said and they listened to the radio because there were lots of radios, local radio stations. Today we can listen to the radio station in, you know, uh, Quito, Ecuador, and if we want to. We, it's not like when I was a kid where you just had one and if you had poor reception, then you had none. Right. So there are better alternatives. So in order to compete, well, you more have to be better. I, I don't know. Now, I, would, I really would dispute sometimes there are better alternatives. If you look at the truth, if you had a truth meter, <laughs> and you could lay that down on some of the publications, but even beyond that, just the idea of what art is or what is uh, meaningful, I think there's a 24-7 uh, mentality that all of these programs and all of these mediums uh, – have to have content, and so they're going to put anything they can on it. So I, I would right. argue that maybe the content and the quality isn't better, but you can seek out there's a lot more reporting. There's a lot more crap out there. Well, there are a lot more from. opportunity to have an option to find one that's good. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna redirect us back to the idea of opting out. So when we were discussing opting out, what does what does this mean? So so we're laying this over the whole idea that. Oftentimes, in order to be sustainable, in order to be rational, in order to be a fully formed human being, you must take these messages, these institutions the society lays in front of you and say, I don't want that. I want to reject that. Uh, and there are typically alternatives. Um, so, for instance, housing. Housing is an alternative. We, we happen to live in that situation where we've taken, uh, we live in a house made out of tires, a house that's very self-sustainable, um, you know, it's quite different than the norm. So we have opted out from traditional housing. Well, also housing ownership is at its lowest level since 1965, 37% um, rented in those days. And one third um, today have have no mortgage. So debt is a huge issue. Are you thinking then that's a conscious choice or is that an economic no, I, choice? No, I don't. I'm not sure how much how much freedom people have not to be in debt. Oh, I, I, what I was talking about is owning versus renting because the American dream has always been own your own home. That's been the right, aspirational dream. You have to be dream. able to earn a wage. So if you earn 50, less than $15 an hour across the United States, that does not pay to have a, an apartment. Right. It's not enough money. So how are you going to buy a house and pay for the utilities and all the things that go with that, even if you had a lot of help? Um, I think the majority of people are living with other people, uh, w whether it's family or uh, with several other people near their own age and where they rent you know, uh, uh, a house or apartments together. So some of it is, is going to be economic. 
but other I, I know we've met some some folks particularly younger people who are saying I, I simply don't want the burden of home ownership I opt out for this of right, this but dream. a lot of it said they can't afford it not one I of know, those I people would have the money to do it I know but they're they're saying it's the same as not wanting to own a car say I would prefer not to have this obligation you know I think that would be a viable option of opting out I also think people want to connect in certain ways. And so we see things like couch surfing, which is a way to travel uh, and stay somewhere for free by signing up online and then you can stay in somebody's house and they have an extra bedroom or an extra couch. Or the tiny house movement or intentional communities. We're seeing a lot more intentional communities. This is a way where people can live, not just to have um, the ability to live in a nicer setting so that, you know, you're free of bed bugs or whatever. But we need each other. You know, people mm-hmm. live far from their families, uh, I think, fairly regularly. Um, statistics say that people on average move every six years. So, so we're not really living as family units, but we need each other. So to live intentionally in, an, in a house with several other people, um, sharing the burdens of living there. I know there was um, a group that formed an intentional community, and they were older people. They were retired, and they each sold their houses and then bought a house together. And when one of the women got cancer, um, they took care of her. They they cooked for her. Um, they actually helped her to keep her job. She was actually the youngest person in the group. I think there were six of them. And um, they helped her with her work. I mean, she... She always would say, I could have never gotten through it if I hadn't decided to live in this intentional community. So that's an example of saying, okay, we're going to opt out of this myth of the family home in the suburbs, the post-World War II, this is the great American success. So we can do the layover, the same kind of opting out onto, for instance, food, right? Um, Our food systems, we're beginning to see that splintering off in a lot of some people would call them fads. Those would be the people who are Well, the food system in this country them. has totally fallen apart. Right. The industrialization of food has essentially made it to where the mainstream product that's out there is really bad. Well, Once 11 again. million people died last year from bad diets. Right, which is amazing. You consider the leading cause people. of death is the food that we're Isn't eating. Isn't that more than cigarettes? Yes. Uh-huh. So you, you say... So food is when food is killing you, there is something legitimately wrong with the system. Well, the real challenge, too, I think why people opt out is because in reality, we can't change all those plastic threads that are ending up in the waterways and the oceans that end up in our fish and our meat and sometimes even our vegetables. It's a real problem. So it isn't really a fad to say, I reject those foods. I'm going to grow my own food or I'm going to buy from a farmer I know um, or I'm going to become vegan because I don't want to consume animal products that might kill me. Um, It's hard to know. I mean, even as someone like myself who grows a lot of food and buys food from the farmer's market and the farmer's uh, produce auction and from other local people, but there are still some things I have to get at the grocery like olive oil and things like that. And I just think, wow, are we going to survive this? Mm-hmm. So I don't think opting out today means the same thing as it did when I was young 
when people were saying, you know, don't trust anybody over 30. Well, there was a reason not to. And I and I would say that they were right to say oh, that. Oh, my God, you're showing your age. No, yeah. but, but today I would say <laughs> don't trust anything that comes from the big corporations <laughs> because – um, th- this is really, a, you know, an amazing time of having to really plan and think things through. And, and it's not about opting out. It's about opting in and saying, I want to live and be healthy. Mm-hmm. Well, and another thing uh, on our list here when we're talking about sort of the myths of society and the like, we were, we were discussing child rearing. Child rearing is, once again, we have this perception, this this myth of mom and dad raising happy, you know, rosy-cheeked little children playing in the Which, suburban Which, by the way, lawn. has not been the case since the 1930s. Oh, don't, don't, don't rain on my parade here. I want to so, – so what is the reality? What is the reality in our society? Well, it's not two parents with two kids. That's for darn sure. Um, the studies show that 50 percent of 17-year-olds live with their, uh, with their biological – parents. So only 50%. Where so do the other the time, 50%? By the time you're 17 years old, you ain't living, living with mom and dad. You're living somewhere else. and Well, if, or with a, you know, a divorced family or single parent or there's a whole lot of different. Uh, right. the, the myth of mom and dad with the little kids is truly a myth. And if your parents um, have less than a high school education, 29%, only 29% live mm-hmm. with their parents. Then another one of the big institutions, which when we talk about opting out, and this is a big one for us, is the medical establishment. Because wait, as you've wait, told before, me many times, no, I'm moving that. away from child, oh. you know, childhood. I'm done with the kids. I'm <laughs> useless. All right, let them put them in a mediocre school and let me forget about them. So anyway, so let's oh, move on so to alternative sad. medicine. So, I hope our granddaughter never uh, has children after uh, that statement. So the medical, <laughs> the medical industry. Now you, alternative, you alternative. are, you are like the poster child of rants against the medical establishment. And in fact, many times, and I'll put this on, on the air. You've told me that if you ever got some terminal illness, I was to walk you out into the woods, and prop you up against a tree. No, I say bring me a mattress. I at least want to be comfortable. (laughs) And I've always said, okay, could you put that in writing? Because I don't want to get arrested. I've told everybody who would listen. So it's not alternative medicine, first of all. That's sort of an oxymoron. It's really saying I'm going to put my faith in a number of modalities that have the potential to help me heal. Okay, let me interrupt you there and say that you are listening to When the Biomass Hits the Wind Turbine with Jay and Annie Warmke. Reminding you that it is indeed the end of the world as we know it. And thank God. Thank God. Yeah, and, and we, we always use that tagline because when we say it is the end of the world as we know it, the world as we know it is not sustainable. And we're talking about opting out of that world as we know it. Um, medical, I interrupted you in your, in your rant against the medical establishment. I wasn't ranting. I was not stating yet. a fact. Okay. <laughs> so... So the thing is, I'm not interested in anything but healing. So I, want, I know my body has the ability to help itself if I can find the right modalities to work with it, the right plants, the right food, the right people, the right kind of hugs, the right kind of nourishment. Um, and oftentimes the reason that I'm having problems is because I've not done well in one or more of those areas. So... Medicine, to me, is about either cutting something out or masking it. That's the whole modality of the medical model and also, apparently, of getting rich because 
the average doctor makes about $300,000 per year and uh, somehow affords for four years of medical school to pay about $250,000. I know. When we talk about medicine, I always have those two conflicting thoughts in my mind. One is that it is immoral to profit from the pain and suffering of another human being. That's true. And the medical model is entirely based upon profiting by the pain and suffering of another human yeah. being. Yeah. So, so, and I know that there, you know, there are people who are immediately going to recoil from that and go, "Oh, the, I know a good doctor, or my a good doctor. sister <laughs> is is uh, is a wonderful nurse, or whatever." Yeah. And you go, "Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah." Well, guess what? You're stuck in a dysfunctional system, um, and there are good people in every dysfunctional system. Um, but I think but that isn't what this conversation is about. This is about saying, look, we in opting out are saying, I am saying that my grandparents and their parents and their grandparents understood how to use a lot of different modalities, herbal remedies, um, different things that they learned to do that actually are healing. And science has proven that our really amazing, helpful things that you can do to help your body to heal itself. And yes, you can see that some medical models are actually going to things like uh, acupuncture. I don't know. They don't like chiropractors. I don't know why. Um, but they're they're looking at some of these other kind of things and they're saying, hey, that might work. You know, it, nothing else is working. But they live in a culture and work in a culture that says there's one model and it fits everybody. And it's not true. We're all different. And everything that's needed to help us heal is going to be different for each person. Well, in they also chemistry. look at every issue in isolation, uh, independent of all other factors. Well, I think that's true across the board with the law, with all kinds of things. But for me, again, it's about opting out. So I'm not going to go to the medical doctor. Um, in fact, I probably would have an anxiety attack if I thought that was going to be the case. I've often said if I was in an accident, some I woke up in one of those helicopters, I'd keel over because I'd just be thinking $15,000 when I could have gone to the chiropractor. Mm -hmm. Anyway. Of course. <laughs> I'm not quite sure that would be the first the, the first stop. I don't know. One wreck. time I had a car accident uh -huh. and I called you and you came to get me because the car had to be towed. It wasn't my fault. And I said, <laughs> off to the chiropractor. I called and made an appointment. <laughs> mm -hmm. Okay. So we've we've already dissed the medical establishment. We've dissed okay, all Okay. We're not disking. We're, there are <laughs> points to it. I mean, they can mm -hmm. set your broken leg and they can cut things out of you that probably – you want to have cut out. But the reality is we're talking about opting out. And one of the things that we're opting out of is this whole thing of, I don't feel well, I'm going to run to the doctor and get an antibiotic. Mm -hmm. That should be a theme for a song somewhere because it's, people are still, doctors are still giving antibiotics for colds. Yeah. This is a sin because we need the bacteria that's in that body of ours to be there. So, when you wipe it out with antibiotic, it better be life and death because you've now changed the chemistry of that person for the rest of their life. It's terrible. Mm -hmm. It's really, it should be against the law to give antibiotic for a cold. Okay. The person needs a new boat, so they're going to give you <laughs> antibiotics. I'm sorry, but it's terrible. So that CAT scan they gave me when I had a sniffy nose was... Uh was it right? irrelevant, right? Uh, I have <laughs> okay. no comment. Going to opt out on that. You okay. didn't do Speaking that. Speaking of media, <laughs> <laughs> right, the media is um, 
is is and and what brought that to mind is we were we were at a restaurant one um, recently and and the, of course it was during the daytime so every commercial that came on the television there was about some prescription drug yeah, that was going it was to uh, you know clear up your acne but every cause five your minutes lo- the show would break away and then there would be a series of commercials about drug use yeah and they, and these things the side effects are are like fifty times worse than the thing they're supposed especially to cure. for men but the favorite Whoa. one was there was some commercial there where. Basically, the talking heads were sitting saying, this is the most wonderful drug. This does this. This does that. And underneath were little disclaimers going, not a real doctor being paid to tell you this. (laughs) This doesn't really do what he says it does. You know, 17 out of 20 of these situations don't apply. I know. (laughs) (laughs) And we're like, really? Okay, that's really getting weird. Well, we hadn't seen, I hadn't seen TV for maybe Uh a year, so that was pretty wild. Anyway, let's move on because. Okay, well, let's beat up on the, I, I. I quickly jumped over body piercing and religious beliefs because because I know that's that's a minefield. I don't know that I want to step into, but anyway, let's jump on to the media. <laughs> <laughs> We've opted well, out for show us your tattoo, Jay. Are you <laughs> no, one of those forty percenters that have tattoos? I, no, I think it's probably I'm one of. They the, brought the needle at you. You'd pass out. I'm and you one would of never the know what it was. Three percent that don't have tattoos. I always think of. Uh, the old show MASH, where Charles Emerson Winchester said, why would you hang art on your body that you would never hang on your wall? You know, I, I thought that was wisdom. That's so. very uppity. Yes. Well, he is uppity, and so am I. So he's my <laughs> hero. Okay, so let's talk about media. We're talking about, um, you know, the decline of newspapers. Okay, go for it, Jay. I'm, <laughs> I'll just keep I'm still rambling back on until the tattoo of you. <laughs> you're making faces over there at Adam through the window. No, so. <laughs> I'm not. He's laughing and I'm laughing because we're laughing okay. at you. <laughs> All right, so we've seen um, the the loss of uh, the decline of newspapers. I think there's been a general loss of faith in the professionalism of the news well, media Well, they don't tell generator. the truth. They just write whatever. Well, and I don't want to get into the whole fake news, fake news. Because that that's such a <laughs> handy little thing to just say, if I disagree with you, you're lying. But it's really— but there's a, a code of professionalism as a journalist. Not didn't you learn? Not anymore. Didn't you learn a code of, journal, of no, professionalism? I, well, I, I went to these hallowed halls here. Of Ohio University. Of Ohio University's journalism school. And, and actually, it was funny because at the time, they were talking about this idea of happy talk news, you know, where— the the people who were reporting the news actually chatted with each other and our professors would look down their noses at us and saying why would anyone care what a newsreader feels or is thinking or did on the weekend that is ridiculous well that's, that's now the whole message yes, right now right. it's all about it's all about so it's you know self promotion. Well, and yell, but then there's also this code of being a civil human being, like yelling right. and calling names, and you know that to me is just appalling. Well, but to me it comes down to laziness. It's well, it's that's lazy. Right. It's, it's being a celebrity. It's lazy reporting. Yeah. You know, um, most and and that regardless of what size of the side of the issue you're on, um, people have mistaken opinion for news. And and they've mistaken just arbitrary thoughts for research, you know. And I guess this show is case in point, you know. <laughs> but but it, it becomes this kind of lazy process where um, they're not actually researching. They're not actually. And so the so as a result, 
we, the consumer, feel it, understand it. There are no Walter Cronkites out there anymore that give us this warm and fuzzy. Well, some of it, as I said, is they have to fill content 24-7, so they're going to do it however they can. That's the bottom line. Let's talk about shopping. Okay, go shopping. Because you can do that online, too. There's lots of media around that. But some of the things that that are happening around opting out with shopping, um, which I think is funny because I've done this most of my adult life, but secondhand, buying secondhand. um, I know some of my friends when I was younger would be like, all right, I'll go with you to the secondhand shop, but don't tell anybody that I went there and then they found some cool thing and then they were like, don't tell anybody. I'm never going to wear it when I'm with you because you might tell somebody that I got it at the secondhand shop. Uh, and I'd be like, everything I own came from there. I'm proud the fact I paid a dollar for a $500 dress. I don't I don't care. Well, I've never quite understood that because I've, I've always had this thought that the second I bought anything new, one second later it was used. So, yeah, but you're cheap. I'm just frugal. I am, no, yes. I am cheap. That's yeah. fine. Mm-hmm. So I've I've been trying to live more sustainably for a long time. Anyway, also clothing swaps. There, I know from the ones that I've started that some of my friends have gone off to other places to live, and now they have clothing swaps there. And I think there are all kinds of parties around swapping things, and there's also retro parties and fix-it parties. And so people are starting to come together around reuse and re. Uh, repurposing. And another thing people are coalescing around is entertainment. So spending time creating their own board games or playing old-fashioned board games or even new board games. Um, They're into a lot of retro things um, and having barbecues and making food together and all these cool things that are really, really healthy and they're they're becoming trends. Are you thinking this is like in direct response to sort of the ubiquitous nature of the the internet, the the rectangle in your hand, this kind of ubiquitous bad entertainment? You know? I don't know. I think there's still a lot of that going on. But I think that we intuitively know at some level that we're a tribe and we need each other. But we got to find ways to come back together since we have sort of separated ourselves from with phones and Netflix and all that kind of stuff. Well, speaking of opting out, that seems to be a thing. I mean, I hear people bragging about it all the time. I set my phone down and didn't use it for one day or two days. We hear it at Blue Rock Station all the time. You don't have a broadband there, and this is so great. It's one of the reasons I love to be here. I'm like, you can turn your phone off anytime you want to. Uh, Yeah, I always marvel at the idea that I was without the Internet for a day. Therefore, it's like some sort of badge of honor. And we're we're thinking, We need to get some little buttons that people can wear after they leave from visiting. (laughs) Well, I was was disconnected for an entire 30 seconds. (laughs) Yes, that's right. So, so when you, if you wanted to sum this whole idea of opting out, because at some point, opting out, if enough people do it, then it's the new thing. You know, so so it's hard to be a rebel when everybody. Yeah, but is why do we care about that? being a rebel? It, this is about our our hearts and our souls and our dreams and our goals directing us to do something differently. That's what it's really about. It's not about saying, you know, kiss my butt. I don't care about the government or whatever. It's about saying, I feel I'm not going to work 60 hours a week like my dad did. I'm not going to own a home like my parents did. I don't want I, I to spend my money that way. I'd rather ha- work less hours and have time to have fun, fun with my friends to go skateboarding or do yoga or whatever. And I think this is great. I think this is leading us to a better place. We just need to get there more quickly. 
All right. Well, you have been listening to When the Biomass Hits the Wind Turbine with Jay and Annie Warmke. We want to thank our producer, Adam Rich, and we want to thank you for spending just a little bit of time with us. And as your grandmother hopefully told you, the secret to a happy and sustainable life is... Play nice with others, clean up your own mess, and eat your vegetables because they're good. Till next time. Bye-bye. Mother Earth will sing and her children will be You can find more information on living sustainably in our unsustainable world at blueRockStation.com. <laughs>